Pilots Progressive Party. Wow, welcome, Wendy. You got hey. your you, you got your aviator glasses My on. My riding with Biden aviator glasses on. They're actually prescription. They're progressive lenses, and so I could see because I can't see without my glasses. I have my Biden Harris hat as as you do also. So those watching us on Facebook could see how cool and groovy we look. Yeah, you uh, wear progressive lenses, huh? I, I didn't do. know that. Whatever. <laughs> hey, um, so we want to give a special shout out to uh, Brett and Rory for helping us uh, line up guests uh, during this political season. Yeah, they've done a great job. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, what's interesting about that and what's good about that is that uh, being a board member of MN350, mm-hmm. uh, these candidates have been endorsed by MN350 Action. And I don't know if I should say that, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay, well, you said it. And that's important for um, the environment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, we have change. our stop line three sign out in front of our lawn we out sure here in, this, do. in our studio Along here. With other signs. We're like the house of signs, <laughs> but know. that's okay. People don't have to guess, do they? <laughs> There's no guessing when you pass our house. No, there isn't. So it, one of the things, uh, too, we want to just uh, give a quick shout out uh, to who's um, really sponsoring the show also. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. This is the tagline (laughs) brought to you by the American Civil Liberties Union of Minnesota, working to protect your right to vote and to ensure that every vote counts. Wow, that's a good. Glad I had that handy the last time I had to dig dig for that. Yeah, I like to sneak up on you, don't I? You do. Hey, we got an awesome guest. We don't want this guest waiting any longer. Yeah. Why don't you uh, read the quick bio and then we'll we'll have we'll have them on. Sure. We have Todd Lippert here from 20B, which is Northfield. Todd Lippert is currently serving his first term in the Minnesota House. He is vice chair of the Long-Term Care Division and serves on four other committees, including Agriculture, Food, Finance, and Policy Division, uh, the Environment and Natural Resources Committee. And I could read more, but I think we would like Todd to tell us a little bit about himself in his own words. So, Todd Lippert. Welcome. Welcome. Hey. Hey, it's, it's great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you, uh, really, for being and uh, being on our show and uh, spending some time with us. Uh, welcome, and tell us a little bit uh, more about yourself and uh, how we can support you. Sure. So, uh, I'm in my first term in the House, as you mentioned, and um, so honored to be representing District 20B, which includes Northfield, Bonsdale, uh, Dundas, Montgomery, um, in the, you know, in the uh, home of the late Senator Paul Wellstone, and it's just an honor to be serving here. Um, climate and environmental issues are key issues for the Northfield community and absolutely central to my campaign. Uh, the Northfield City Council has a, a robust climate action plan. I'm a member of the House Climate Action Caucus, um, and we actually just released our House Climate Action Caucus um, a climate plan for Minnesota yesterday. And so that was a really exciting day. And I was uh, just proud to be a part of that team and um, proud to be a part of the work of putting that plan together. It's a plan that it has a, it's a framework for reducing net emissions in Minnesota um, by 45% across the economy uh, by 2030, following the guidance of 
uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change of the United Nations. So um, it's great to have that framework out there. We'll be working on some more specific bills um, as we move forward and move towards next session. Yeah, we're we're really excited about it. It's a great team working on it. We, you know, we're determined to be climate leaders in the House CFL, and uh, you know, we we know we need to be focusing on four areas in Minnesota. We need to focus on um, getting a 100% clean energy goal um, in place as early as possible, so we can be moving uh, utilities towards renewable energy. We need to electrify the transportation system and do that as aggressively as aggressively as we can. We need to be focused on the built environment, on houses and buildings, making them more energy efficient. Um, and then an area that I'm, uh, I do quite a bit of work in is um, agriculture and forestry or the lands section in the, in the report. Um, we need to reduce the net emissions in agriculture and then make sure that forestry or forests and prairies, other ecosystems, are the biggest carbon sink they can possibly be. Um, and then the plan also focuses on uh, resilience and making sure that we're um, integrating racial and economic equity um, into our climate plans at the same time. Wow, that's awesome. I, I know one of the things, too, that's really important for Wendy and I is um, mom and pa farms in, uh, down there in Northfield. And we're so um, a lot of that uh, a lot of that uh, pollution and stuff come from factory farms. And so we uh, support mom and pa farms. Uh, how, how does it look down in Northfield in, in that uh, sense? Well, it's been really exciting talking with farmers here um, in the Northfield area and across the district. There are a lot of farmers who are leading um, in the base. They're experimenting with um, conservation practices, soil health building practices, which is exactly what we need to do and exactly what we need to be scaling up. So it's conservation tillage, cover crops, perennial crops, managed rotational grazing, things like that. Uh, but these farmers are realizing as they use these practices that um, – their bottom line is improving, their productivity is improving, uh, the productivity of the soil is improving. They're using less synthetic fertilizer, which is also a big gain for the climate and for water quality. And then uh, these farmers are saying, hey, you know, we're sequestering carbon with these soil health practices. We can be a part of the solution. And they're really excited about it. And more and more farmers are, are interested and want to try that out. Uh, so we need to scale these sorts of practices up. Um, but these are, you know, these practices are good for the bottom line of farmers and protecting mid and small farmers is something that's near and dear to my heart, too. Um, and so scaling up these practices, as we talk about in this plan, is one way that we can be supporting small and mid-sized farmers and also working to build out um, a regional, a stronger regional food system so that our communities and the, uh, can be more resilient uh, as we know, the weather the weather is going to be more volatile going forward. Yeah, it's really exciting to have uh, have you down there in Northfield. Uh, we're up here in the Twin Cities, uh, and one of the things that excites me too is that we need to put the the F back in DFL, and uh, we need to conduit uh, towards our farmers, our our small farmers, and really support them. And um, and yeah, that's that's it's awesome that you're doing this. I, I think there's a I think there's a great opportunity as I'm you know as I'm talking with farmers they're excited about these soil health pra building practices it's a real bright spot in agriculture it cuts across party line um, and then increasingly as I have conversations with farmers um, you know they they want a farm economy that's working for the average farmer and I've, mm -hmm. I've spoken with a dairy farmer recently who lost a farm and was in tears about it 
um, and was asking, you know, why is Land O'Lakes making record profits when dairy farmers are going out of business? And I've had the same conversation with hog farmers. They had to euthanize hogs uh, because of all the tumult that happened with COVID-19, but are saying, well, why are meatpacking plants making money hand over fist? Like, mm-hmm. why can't this economy work for the average farmer? And um, so that's, that's a lively conversation in agriculture right now, and I think it's an opportunity uh, for us in the DFL to say, um, you know, we're, we're working for you, and we want to make sure that this is working for our small and mid-sized farmers and for rural communities, and we have a vision um, that can move us forward together and that will work for you and small places. And that's, um, that's at the heart of why I ran for office. I grew up in a small town and a pastor in small towns, and so um, I'm eager to have those conversations. Wow, and and we're eager to hear about them. Well, how, what's your feeling uh, with the house uh, supporting farms? And uh, again, I'm talking about small farms, not these factory farms that are owned by conglomerates um, mm-hmm. uh, all over the all over the world. I'm all about uh, the farmers that uh, make our food and um, don't have to get into a, a farm race with these big companies that can you know, plant food that's, that's, uh, healthy for everybody. Yeah, we, you know, we, we talk a lot about supporting, um, you know, how can we support mid size and small, uh, farmers? I just had, uh, I was in a conversation with, um, some farmers here in Northfield when the governor stopped through and this farmer said to uh, the governor, you know, big is fragile. And we saw that with, uh, with COVID and, and how uh, tumultuous it was when the meatpacking plants had to shut down this spring. So there are more conversations um, happening at the legislature about how do we how to create more options for local meat processing. Um, that's a conversation we're having on both sides of the aisle. Um, we we know we need to um, provide more options for farmers and uh, rural communities need farmers on the farm. We need. Uh, more farmers, not necessarily more cows. We need more farmers. So we mm-hmm. have to be um, protecting the livelihoods of farmers and keeping them on the farm. And that's something I'm very interested in, and my caucus is too. Wow, that's excellent. Hey, Todd, do you have a, another, uh, uh, a little more time to speak with us? we got to get a hard break here. Do you, uh, Can you stay on with yeah, us? Yeah, I have some more time. Awesome. Hey, uh, Wendy, we're talking to Todd, uh, and he's... Uh, can Todd you, Lippert, yep, yep. House uh, 20B, Northfield, and we'll be right back. Right. You're listening to Pilots Progressive Party. Ho! Sky Pilots. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Accept your intelligence. Coming up, what's in a game? Why do people waste their time on games? It's not a waste of time. You practice skills and learn things about the world. (laughs) What, on Angry Birds? Hey, you learn about the physics of flight. You really believe in popping pigs and exploding birds? What's in a game? Next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. This election season is going to be a little different. We're all going to need to be a little more patient. A record number of us cast absentee ballots due to COVID-19. Those ballots take more time to count. We might not know the results on election night, and that's actually a good thing. That means election officials are making sure every ballot is verified and counted. At the American Civil Liberties Union of Minnesota, we believe that every voice matters and every vote must count. So go ahead and vote with confidence. 
whether you vote early, in person, or absentee or on election day. If you vote in person, don't forget your mask. You can be sure that while you're voting, the ACLU of Minnesota is hard at work, safeguarding everyone's rights. Your vote is your power. Use it. Learn more about how, when, and where to vote at aclu-mn.org vote. You can't go through a day without hearing about health care reform. St. Paul Corner Drug is here to help you navigate the ever-changing health care landscape. We are your advocate in getting much-needed prescription medication covered under your insurance plan. Need to choose a different plan? There is no reason to feel like you are drowning in the system. St. Paul Corner Drug can make simple work out of finding you a plan that best suits your needs. You can rest assured at St. Paul Corner Drug, pharmacy the way it should be. After four chaotic years of Donald Trump's presidency, Americans will go to the polls to make their voices heard. Tuesday, November 3rd, special election night coverage. The Devil's Advocates will broadcast live from the heart of Battleground, Wisconsin, beginning at 8 central time when the polls close. Dom and crew will host the biggest political party of our lifetimes with updated local races all night, right here on 9.50 a.m. Minnesota's progressive voice, KTNF. Progressive Party. Hey, welcome back, Wendy. And yeah. We want to welcome back Todd. But first, you know, this is an exciting time. You know, we're wearing hats that uh, uh, Jamie Becker Finn gave us, mm-hmm. uh, Biden, uh, Biden-Harris hats. Uh, we Made in America. Th- yeah. Not like the red ones made in China. And then I just China. want... <laughs> and then I just want to say uh, this portion is brought to you by the American Civil Liberties Union of Minnesota, working to protect your right to vote and to ensure that every vote counts mm-hmm. i read that pretty good you I? did you sure <laughs> one did. in a row hey that's welcome back todd yeah we have todd lippert here and he's from 20b northfield he's currently serving his f- first term in the minnesota house so welcome back todd thank you hey i'm really excited uh to, with our little conversation about putting the uh the farm back in the dfl um let's talk a little bit i, I and i know we talked a little bit in the beginning about um about uh you know the climate and what we can do um there's there's some bills that uh, maybe can be brought up this year or you know we we have a a strong uh group of house representatives that are really uh into the climate and really looking into um supporting uh you know wind energy solar energy and really doing uh the not uh, only the green new deal but just turning the economy into uh just turning the economy into people working and, and, and doing things like that with strong union jobs. What can you, uh, can you elaborate? Sure. So, um, you know, a, a key policy for us is putting a 100% renewable energy goal or 100% clean energy goal in place. We passed the bill off the house floor, uh, twice, uh, last biennium, um, calling for 100% clean energy by 2050. That really sets, um, you know, sets our path, charts our course. As, we, as we've set those sorts of goals in the past, we've exceeded them. So we want to get that in place. Um, and, you know, um, maybe we'll be able to move, move that date up earlier, but we, we definitely want to pass that goal. Another a key policy area is supporting electric vehicle infrastructure and getting 
uh, more electric buses out there, both for transit and for uh, and for schools. We've got an electric bus uh, manufacturer in St. Cloud, so that's that's good for Minnesota jobs and um, you know good for um, good for climate goals, good for air quality um, across the state. And then um, when we focus on refurbishing homes and improving the energy efficiency of homes and buildings, uh, that's creating good jobs for contractors. Those are union jobs. Those are um, jobs where money is going to be circulating in the local community, especially as you get out into more rural areas. Uh, so you know, that's, that's a place where we're going to be saving people money. We're going to be improving um, uh, the climate and also creating good jobs for people. And, um, you know, that's a win-win-win, and that's, uh, that's definitely something we need to do. So we're looking forward to passing policies like this this next session. Yeah, it is a win-win-win. And um, I think it's important, too, to, you know, take the people and kind of talk to them who are working in the, the oil industry and the, all those uh, non-renewable uh, fuel um, places and kind of get them on board to learn new skills so that, you know, they don't lose their jobs. People will still have jobs and can still, um, you know, make a really good living. So, Yeah, one of the key uh, parts of the plan is um, making sure we're focused on just transition, a just transition for um, workers who, who rely on um, uh, jobs in, that are producing uh, energy based on, on fossil fuels. Um, so that's, that's a key piece. And, and we're hearing that, you know, from those workers that they're concerned about their jobs and they need other options. And so, um, you know, part of the plan is to really make sure we're focusing there and have opportunities for uh, training and that we have a pathway for, uh, workers to get, um, other work that's, that's very good work, family supporting work, uh, when we're in the midst of this transition that we need to do for all of us. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, one of the things I definitely want to throw out there is, can you give a website or anything uh, that we can help support you or help with phone calls? Uh, this is election season, and even though we only have, what, six days left. Yeah, so my, my website is uh, toddlipper.com, and uh, you can also find me on Facebook at uh, Todd Lippert for Minnesota House uh, 20B, and uh we actually have a joint phone bank going with uh, John Olson, who's the Senate candidate in District 20 uh, right now. I'm just stepping away for a little bit from making calls. Uh, but we'll, make, we'll be making calls from uh, here until Election Day, uh, working for every vote across the district, working for every vote for Team Blue. And I'd uh, love to have people jump in. Well, well we want to say uh, thank you so much for stopping in and giving us uh you know, your information and how we can support you. I would like to uh, leave this with, uh, uh, give us a, a quick uh, one minute stump speech right here and, uh, and let the people know how we can support you and what you're all about. Great. Well, uh, you know, what I, what I say to folks as I'm talking with people in my district is that uh, I ran for office because I care deeply about small communities and rural places. I grew up in a small town of 700 people I've been a pastor since 2003 in small communities. Um, I was the senior minister at First United Church of Christ in Northfield for, from 2012 until uh, 2020, just this last February. And I believe we need leaders that can help us come together. I've been 
just extremely discouraged by the ways that some politicians are trying to divide us by race um, uh, to try to win an election. And we need to come together because we have so many challenges that we share in common. Um, whether we live in Mankato or uh, Montgomery or Northfield or the Twin Cities, we need high-quality affordable health care. We need excellent schools for our kids. We need a bold response to climate change, and we're going to need to come together to make that happen. Um, so that's what I try to be about. I try to be a leader that's bringing us together, and um, it's been an honor to serve, and I'm uh, looking forward to um, a good election day and having the opportunity to serve for another term. Well, thank you so much for being on Pilots Progressive Party, and we'll be looking forward to uh, having you on the show after you win the election and uh, stopping in and saying hi. That was uh, Todd Lippert of House Representative 20B in Northfield, and wow, what a great guest. I mean, Thank you, Todd. Yeah, really, thank you so much. And then thank uh, Rory and Brett for setting these uh, mm-hmm. people up. Who's Who are we going to have next, Wendy? Uh, next, we have Michelle Lee. Uh, and Michelle Lee is uh, from... We'll uh, have her on the next segment here. Cloquet, Mora, Wait, Moose just give him, a, give him a teaser. Don't tell him everything until we have her on. <laughs> She's fantastic. Come back and listen. Yeah. So, we, you know... The, we just want to speak a little bit about that. I know um, our last interview, and I think I've had too much coffee, so I'm a little stuttering here, mm-hmm. but um, really a great candidate, really great to have him on the show mm-hmm. here, great to have him on AM950. Uh, you know, uh, well, the environment is so important, and when we have uh, politicians and people—not even politicians, but people who really care deeply about it. the future and get it—and know that we slowly have to move away from fossil fuel, um, I think that's really, really important. And it's it's best for our future and our kids and our grandkids. And we need to to you know leave, you know. I mean, Robert, really. You and I, it's not going to make a difference who is running, who runs, who's the president. It really doesn't matter, honestly, like because we're old and we're almost dead. But anyway, hey. <laughs> but it, it, we want to leave the earth in in good, yeah, in better, better yeah, place, better than where we found it. It's just the right thing to do, and I think um, we're we're blue all the way mm-hmm. when it comes to like we're for people and not corporations yep. and things like that absolutely so, hey before we leave why don't you just do a quick read again all we'll right do it twice this in is this brought hour. to you by the american civil liberties union of minnesota working to protect your right to vote and to ensure that every vote counts what's brought to you by pilots progressive party we'll be right back after this short break <laughs> I'm John Peterson of Ferndale Market, and I'm the third generation to grow turkeys on our family farm in Cannon Falls. We've grown our turkeys the same way since 1939, free range and without antibiotics. Each year, we raise a special flock for our fresh Thanksgiving turkey program. You can reserve a fresh turkey for curbside pickup at our on-farm store in Cannon Falls or find a retail partner near you at ferndalemarket.com. We are grateful for your support of our local, independent family farm. 
Hello, this is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 2 to 3 p.m. Many listeners know that I train on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming to diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on equity and dismantling racism. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change how they see the world. And now I'm doing all of my work online so everyone can attend regardless of where you're located. For more information, go to elliekrug.com. Thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Cudigy to everyone. This is Robert Pilot of Native Roots Radio Network. In 2017, as a response to the shocking events that transpired at Standing Rock and the lack of accurate and honest information coming from local and mainstream media, we felt we had to do something about it. That is why we created Native Roots Radio, then Pilot's Progressive Party, and finally, the new Native Symposium. We're still here. These shows have been supported by local businesses, and as you all know, unfortunately, they are no longer able to support us during this difficult time of the pandemic. This is why I'm here today to ask you for your support. We feel it is so important to continue to bring this important information to you. Your support will help continue production and airtime costs. So please, if you can, visit Patreon Native Roots Radio Network and help in any way you can. Pinigi, and thank you for your support. Better Futures Minnesota's Reuse Warehouse has big news. We have a brand new online store. Check out reusebfm.com. This is a great way to see what we carry in the reuse warehouse. Appliances, building materials, kitchen and bath fixtures, lighting, flooring, lumber, heating and cooling items. Don't miss the beautiful benches and COVID safety shields that are hand-built using reclaimed wood from our deconstruction projects. Check out reusebfm.com. That's reusebfm, as in betterfuturesminnesota.com. Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong? Violence against women? The rape? The abuse? The emotional? Physical? They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong? Think about it. They all hold the hate? Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate? Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. This election season is going to be a little different. We're all going to need to be a little more patient. A record number of us cast absentee ballots due to COVID-19. Those ballots take more time to count. We may not know the results on election night, and that's actually a good thing. That means election officials are making sure every ballot is verified and counted. At the American Civil Liberties Union of Minnesota, we believe that every voice matters and every vote must count. So go ahead and vote with confidence, whether you vote early, in person, or absentee, or on election day. If you vote in person, don't forget your mask. You can be sure that while you're voting, the ACLU of Minnesota is hard at work, safeguarding everyone's rights. Your vote is your power. Use it. Learn more about how, when, and where to vote at aclu-mn.org slash vote. Welcome back to Pilots Progressive Party. Hey, welcome back, Wendy. Mm-hmm. You know, welcome back. Yeah, you know, one of the things, oh, you just knocked uh, Kamala over. Kamala, we have an action figure here from yeah. of Kamala. Well, this time next week, we're going to know, hopefully, uh, oh, who's... Having a, 
election anxiety. Yeah, I think it's looking good. Mm -hmm. We just need to get out and vote and help mm -hmm. get a plan. And then these next few days, I'm going to be running over to Little Earth and uh, the powwow grounds in Minneapolis. And um, with your car, as a matter of fact, I'm taking people to the polls. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Fantastic. we got everybody's got to do that. Bring three people to the uh, mm -hmm. and vote and we're talking about not voting by mail now. So bring your mail-in uh, ballot to mm -hmm. the uh, yep. polling place mm -hmm. to have it counted and exactly. bring it there directly. So right. um, I'll be giving out Wendy's, not, <laughs> but we'll be out there. So, <laughs> hey, let's talk about our next guest, yeah, Wendy. Yeah, we have Michelle Lee here, and she's uh, Senate uh, Democrat 11. She's from uh, the Cloquet, Mora, and uh, Moose Lake. Um, and she is, uh, Michelle Lee is the 2020 DFL endorsed candidate for Minnesota Senate District 11. She mm -hmm. is an advocate for rural communities, a party activist, uh, and a former journalist who makes her home in Moose Lake Township with her husband, Gary. And she could tell us a little bit more about herself. Welcome to Pilots Progressive Party. Well, hello and bonjour to all of you and your listeners. It's really great to have this opportunity to chat with you. Um, you gave a great introduction, uh, just a little bit more about me. My husband, Gary, and I have lived in Senate District 11 for 40 years, and uh, we built a home here, we raised a family, and during that time, I also commuted to and from Duluth, where I worked as a television journalist, and I anchored the news on local television at 5, 6, and 10, and during that time, I also did a lot of reporting in this district and throughout uh, uh, throughout uh, northeastern Minnesota. Um, talking with people, but more importantly, listening, and, and how the decisions made in St. Paul and out in Washington either positively or negatively impacted their lives. I retired at the end of 2016, but my passion for listening and working with folks is stronger than ever. And when I was asked by my local party unit to run for this seat, I thought about it, I discussed it with my family, and we thought, why not? Um, I had a great career. I'm not looking for a, a, a long political career. I've had a good career. Thank you very much. But now it's all about public service and bringing people together. And I'll tell you what, after the last three and a half years, we got a lot of work to do in, mm -hmm. in, in, that, uh, in that vein. I just got back. I just hooked my snow pants off, and, and tonight I was out with a few of our, our DFLers um, from the Moose Lake area, and we were waving Biden signs and flags over the freeway over I-35, and uh, it was a really enjoyable experience, and I've been doing sign waving for the last couple of weeks, and I'd have to say that the Moose Lake uh, overpass was very warm, inviting a lot of folks with their thumbs up, a lot of people honking their horns, and driving, rolling down their windows and cheering, and and so that really gave us uh, great hope. Of course, and and you should stop me. I'll just keep talking. But, of no, course, there no. were those uh, people that were shooting us the bird. And there's a new process that the other side is using called rolling coal. I've n never heard that experience before until I started standing with various groups and, and holding Biden signs. But this is when people have the older trucks. They honk, they rev their engines, and they blow dark and smoky black coal at all of the people standing there civilly and holding signs. So 
I'll tell you what, a lot mm-hmm. of folks can't wait until this election comes and goes and we have a president-elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as his, uh, as his second-in-command. Uh, well, I, I so people wait. have been working so hard for this. Yeah, I can't wait uh, until we can make uh, racists afraid again. You know, that's that's my big thing. Uh, Wendy and I are in the same same boat. We uh, we are uh, older and we uh, we're pretty hip, though, but we're older and um, we're doing this for the next generation. And uh, it sounds like that that's what you're doing, too, is to uh, bring back sanity, not to only to politics, but just to uh, everyday this, life. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, oh my gosh! I can't, I couldn't agree more. Um, we became uh, grandparents. Our, our grandbaby is eighteen months old, and when I uh, originally my first campaign, I ran in the primary for Congress. And election night, you know, it was kind of sad because we didn't win. Um, but it was a joy to be with my supporters and volunteers, friends and neighbors, and then to learn that we were going to be grandparents for the first time that night. We walked away winners. And when I hold baby Senya and look into her, ar- uh, her into her eyes, how can I not do everything possible to try to make this world better? And I think that's what unites so many of us. And it's really mm-hmm. an exciting time. It truly I'm... is. And uh, this next generation, they're depending on us. As I mentioned earlier, my husband and I had a darn good life. Two paychecks allowed us to live well in rural Minnesota. I'm so concerned that this next generation is not going to have the benefits of quality and accessible health care or a, 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 good, a good access to uh, fully funded public schools. And we're at a crossing point. It takes mm-hmm. all of us to stand up and get involved. And regardless of whether you're retired, you're just starting your careers, we have to stand up. We have to work together to build the future that we all want for not only for ourselves, but that next generation and the seven generations they talk about to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that. And and also, I think it's really important for us to step it up for our, our, our kids and, the, and our grandkids, um, because a lot of them, you know, um, I'm, I'm at the age when we went to college, we could pay for college basically mm. in the 70s if, if we had a part-time job in the summer. And maybe a little more help, but basically it was a part-time job in the summer to pay for college. Now it's two uh, home loans almost. <laughs> I, I hear you. Um, when my, my son went to college and after he left college, we remortgaged our home to pay off his school loans because we didn't want him to carry that debt through his adult life as he was establishing a family and, and as they were starting their own careers. And what a heavy burden to carry on. I have talked throughout this campaign and through past campaigns of people in their late 50s still paying off school loans. Mm-hmm. And, and one woman came up to me in Mora and she said, I am pushing retirement. My Social Security is not going to cover it. I'm going to be paying out of my Social Security check to pay off my school loans. That's where we're at today. I'm not saying everybody is in that boat, but mm-hmm. we're going to really have to start rethinking how we're educating our future leaders and our future workforce. And that's why I'm so supportive of free tech school. I'm a product of tech, tech, tech school. 
-hmm. I went to Brown Institute of Broadcasting. It's no longer there. But that gave me the skills to enter into a field of radio and television broadcasting. It gave me a career of 38 years. It gave me a good paycheck. So those Votech and those two-year colleges are really a stepping stone to success. And if we can keep those low or free to those people entering into higher education, I think that is the route we need to go to. On the flip side of that, you all know that we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I'll tell you what, the bills are, are piling up for the state of Minnesota. By the end of June of, I believe, 2023, we may be $7 billion, uh, working with a $7 billion deficit here in the state of Minnesota. Now, states don't have the luxury of, of being able to carry debt like that, so we're going to have to balance the budget, and so that's going to take a lot of brains and a lot of heart. And 70% of this state's budget goes to K through 12 social and health and human services. So where are we going to start cutting? And how are we going to continue to invest in the programs and continue to maintain and improve our infrastructure for the 21st century? Those are the tough decisions that are facing the next state senator for Senate District 11 and the majority in the state Senate. And that's why I feel it's so crucial that we find those two seats and that we get people into office, that we're going to gain that Senate majority. And so when good legislation is passed in the House and it goes to the Senate, it doesn't die in, community, in, in committee. Mm -hmm. It can be sent to the governor's desk for, for his signature, and we can start building back better in the state of Minnesota. I know one of the things I've learned and talked talked about over the last few years when it comes to uh, public education is uh, why, you know, not only is it a, a, a large amount of money, but a large, a large amount of money is also spent on education when it comes to uh, energy. And why aren't we popping solar panels on every one of these flat school? Uh, uh, I'm a high school teacher, so I'm kind of talking. But, uh, oh, yeah. You also teach television production, which uh, <laughs> Michelle is probably yeah. good for you. Well, gorgeous, yeah. but yeah, and, and so I mean that's a, a thing that we we need to think outside the box, and we need to have a control of the Senate too, in order to do that, where we can put solar panels, have students learn how to make solar panels, put in solar panels, and put them on the roof of every high school in the state. Uh, you know, I would be all for that, and we have to figure out how to get it done, how to pay for it. But I, I think, you know, when you hear so many candidates and so many people who hold office and talk about climate change is our existential, it's an existential threat. It truly is. But then you have to start looking at how are we going to make that transition. I know Governor Walls has a great plan that he unveiled last year, and, and we have to really start looking toward the future. In the meantime, we also have to start looking at reality. I'm going to represent a very rural district. A lot of people commute. I myself commuted 80 miles round trip to get to and from my work when I did hold, a, hold down a job. A lot of people in rural, di rural areas have older vehicles. They're not exactly um, energy efficient. Also, the, uh, um, the level and the lack of reliable public transport in our rural areas. And then we're dealing with an older housing stock. So when you start looking at how are we going to start reducing our demand for fossil fuels, we have to really start thinking, 
as you said earlier, outside the box. How can we make this transition? How can we speed up this transition? But at the same time, at the same time, this, this transformation is being undertaken. How do we take care not to kill good paying jobs and to transform those jobs to reflect a 21st century economy? That's going to take training and it's going to take all of our support. That's going to be crucial because we all have the same goals in mind. The re- reduction of our dependence on fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. And we see that over the past 10 to 15 to 20 years. We're going in the right direction, but how are we going to make that transition? Well, one of the things... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. One of the things that uh, I understand rural areas need, too, is Internet, because we found out that we, like, for for Wendy and I, we've been working, uh, when Wendy was working, she's retired now, but I don't hold that against her. But uh, when when we're working together, we have to have strong internet to be teaching distance learning or working in the medical pro- profession that Wendy did. Um, so the rural areas really need to boost it up, too, because that's part of changing uh, or what has been changing uh, in our economy. Yeah, when we see pictures of small children having to walk to the nearest Taco Bell and sit out in the parking lot so they could use that internet, the Taco Bell internet is really, it's hard, it's heartbreaking. It really is. Or having those grandparents drive their grandchildren into the parking lot of a school so they can hand in their homework through a hotspot. Wow. It, the system is so, we need to address it. And, and as bad as this pandemic has been, it's showing us the weaknesses, but it's showing us the way of where we need to go to improve the systems. Interestingly enough, when I was up campaigning in Cromwell, I ran into this wonderful young couple. They work down in the Twin Cities. He does, an, um, he, he can access his job, which is a, a, really a worldwide job where he uses the Internet to uh, sell a variety of products. They left their home in the Twin Cities, came back to Cromwell. They're building a beautiful home, and they have plans to build a restaurant, but he has good Internet, so he can work from home in Cromwell. Not everyone in our rural district has that advantage. Imagine if we had a really great broadband system. We could attract a lot of people from the seven-county metro area who have their lake homes or who have their cabins, and now they're at the point, you know, this commuting by Zoom, this commuting by the Internet is a pretty neat thing. I can do it anywhere. We're going to go where those amenities are. So we could attract new families, people back to their communities where they were born, raised, and educated but had to flee to get good-paying jobs. We can bring them back home and help to rebuild our rural communities. And that is such an exciting prospect, but it's going to take a concerted effort, not just by the state of Minnesota, but by the federal government. And I hearken back And I've used this analogy for so many years. Our grandparents, our great-grandparents, they had the Rural Electrification Act during the Great Depression. They brought a light bulb to every barn throughout this country. And people might think, well, what's a light bulb in a barn? Well, I'll tell you what, that farmer who had to get up and milk his cows at 4.35 o'clock in the morning, that changed his world. We can change so many worlds by expanding broadband and and the internet to make sure that all our rural communities and all of our townships are covered and we can create new business people can 
I, I, I just get so excited when I talk about this. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take that concerted effort. Yep. Wow, Michelle, uh, we're going to uh, leave, let you go here. But what I want you to do before <laughs> we do sure. is uh, give us your website. And I also want to say, uh, give us your website and how we can support you. And we only have six days left. Um, and I also uh, just want to say the energy that you have and, I, and I, what I appreciate about you, too, is that you were in another uh, uh, election and didn't win and you come back. So I really appreciate that. And I think good things are going to happen for you. Well, I thank you both for having me here today, and my website is easy enough. It's Michelle, <clears throat> excuse me, michellelee.org, and you, how you can support me, and you won't hear too many candidates say this, I don't need your money, I need you to call your friends, family, and neighbors in Senate District 11 and tell them to vote for me. Wow. Thank you. Peeny Gigi, thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Michelle. Oh, wow. McWitch, you take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Wow, Wendy. Awesome. She's great. Yeah, we can't wait for her to win, so we get it on, get her on our show once a month, mm-hmm. too, right? Absolutely. Hey, let's take a short break and then, um, you know, get some, go get something to eat. Yeah. You're listening to Pilot's Progressive Party, and we'll be right back after this short break. John Hoffman. It's been four years since you elected me as your state senator. These are tough times in Minnesota, yet we've seen communities come together. You sent a message to me to get away from bickering and finger pointing and work together to get things done. I listened. Over 91% of my bills are bipartisan. It's an honor to serve the people of Brooklyn Park, Coon Rapids, and Champlin. Together, we showed we can get things done with common sense. Together, I ask for your continued support. Visit johnhoffmanmn.com. Paid for by the committee to elect John Hoffman. Welcome back to Pilot's Progressive Party. Hey, welcome back, Wendy. Welcome back. And Pilot's Progressive Party is brought to you by the American Civil Liberties Hmm. Union of Minnesota, working to protect your right to vote and to ensure that every vote counts. Wow, you did that good. (laughs) <laughs> really good really good the audience loves it well we had really two awesome guests here today who are running for office and uh i really liked what they both had to say uh that they care a lot of a lot about what we care about so mm-hmm. that's really really awesome and that's the environment uh, mm-hmm. both these candidates were endorsed by mn350 action yeah and uh drinks and uh so we got to just put some tobacco out and do a quick prayer mm-hmm. and help as much as we can. I know we called a few of our relatives mm-hmm. uh, to make sure they're voting and voting early and voting often, but that's a Chicago thing. Um, but, you know, we just got to help people get to the polls. Yeah. If you know your neighbors, ask them if they need help, mm-hmm. you know, take them to the polls. We're going to, this is going to be uh, an unbelievable time. I think we're at 74 million. That's um, amazing to me. And sixty-three that million blows voted. My mind. Yeah, sixty-three million voted for Hillary last year, last uh, two thousand sixteen, and okay. sixty million for uh, forty-five. Yeah. And so we need to win this resoundly. So he's not taking it to the loaded uh, Supreme Court. Exactly. He's not uh, crying fall. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe we need he, it to be no question. Right. No and question. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so we're gonna have. Uh, 
Rock the Boat Native Style on Tuesday, and then we're going to probably, ha- ha- you know, call into a brunch show that's going to be on after the polls close. and On Tuesday evening. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be either really exciting it's or... It's going to be exciting. I think it will. You yeah. know, 2016, I remember. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. We were watching it, and we had the girls over. We had the oh. whole family over. We were having a party, we're right, because we wanted year. Hillary to win, of course, right? Wow. Yeah. And every time one, another state turned red, I had another glass of red wine. And it happened so, quick. Yeah, it did it happen. It happened quick. It was, it was crazy. I I'm mean, glad I took the next day off because, I, honestly, I was just devastated. Well, really. if you remember that dark day and dark evening. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. 45 was even surprised he won. He didn't have any plan to have any celebration. He just kind of went out there and was like, well. And he still doesn't have a plan. Well, he doesn't have a plan about anything. No. Except how I mean, to attack people. Exactly. That's what he does. He attacks. He doesn't even have a plan. He's given up on the pandemic. Like, there's no plan. We're going to live with it. Mm. And that's that's how we're going to get through. We're just going to live with it until we get a vaccine. Well, that's going to take a really long time, at least a couple of more years until a good vaccine, a safe vaccine is out and everybody's willing to get a vaccine. Yeah. So until that happens... You know, I mean, right. 70 to 80 percent of the population has to be vaccinated for yeah. this to even work. Yeah. You know, 50 percent of the people being vaccinated is vaccinated is not going to get this pandemic under control. And Wendy was a medical person, so she knows. And I <laughs> take all my medical uh, <laughs> advice from her. Oh, goodness yeah. gracious. But I feel hopeful. I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful. And uh, I don't want my heart to break again like it did in 2016. So I don't right. want to set myself up for failure. But I am optimistic and I am very, very hopeful. Wow. That's a good way to end this and I'm show. I'm going to go and paint my pumpkin blue now. Because <laughs> we've had enough orange. I'm putting oh, out, wow. We've had enough orange. I'm putting out You've my You've been waiting all show to say that, haven't you? <laughs> I just Weren't thought you? of it right no, now. don't mind. Seriously. That was a good one, though. So we want to uh, make sure that everybody's voting. We're, we're excited. Um, you know, we want to talk about pushing pushing uh, the blue candidates mm-hmm. now more to the progressive side and um, not use progressive as just a word, but really, truly be a progressive uh, radio show. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, there's that's what our work is still going to be on is to push our candidates that we do get elected mm-hmm. more progressively yes. and and speak and and talk to tell people how um, these politicians are human mm-hmm. and they listen to phone calls and those things those things work um, so we just have to um, I don't know stack the stack the Supreme Court and uh, <laughs> yeah that's what we need to do <laughs> hey another gracious. another great show uh, we want to give su- special thanks to uh, Todd. Todd Lippert and Michelle Lee, best wishes to you on, on your campaigning and the voting and the election. And a shout out to Rory and Brett for these great guests they've been giving us. Absolutely. We'll see you with a new president. I'm coming up, so you better.